0: Hey, everybody. For this week's remediation, we're going to go back to chapter five the biology of large molecules and talk some proteins, some nucleic acids, lipids, carbohydrates, polymerization, all that fun ass shit. So grab yourself a drink, kick back, and enjoy. Welcome to Biology for Bastards. I'm your host, John Doty. Thanks for tuning in. If it sounds weird today, um, we're in the middle of a big home renovation project, and my current studio, which is a closet that I typically record in, is now completely bare, so it's very echoey. So apologies if there's some weird, poor recording, but uh, deal with it. Not my problem. So, as warned, today is the first real chapter. It's chapter five, the structure and function of large biological molecules. Because this year, we're going, this season, we're going through the AP Biology curriculum. This one's probably going to be about twice as long as all the other ones thus far. So, put on your big boy and your big girl pants and uh, suck it up, because here we go. All right, first things first. We are talking about how the hell do we get these giant ass molecules that we're talking about Because we're talking about these macromolecules, which means big molecules That's pretty, pretty apparent Um, So these macromolecules are made up of these things called polymers Polymers, many parts, think of them as a paperclip chain the polymers are made up of monomers. Think of the monomers as individual paper clips. So we're going to talk about a whole bunch of different ones, a whole bunch of different macromolecules, but no matter what, the way that these polymers form is exactly the same. Just like you can take different types of paper clips and hook them together. It's the exact same thing. You're just hooking paper clips together. So We have these two reactions that, again, because biology is all about opposites, they're opposite. We have a dehydration synthesis, and that's how we make polymers. You start with two things, you end up with one. That's how I remember it. Dehydration synthesis is two words. You start with two, you end up with one. And then we have hydrolysis that is the opposite. You start with one thing, you end up with two. That's breaking it down. Now dehydration synthesis is called a dehydration synthesis because you are pulling out a molecule of water. You're dehydrating the two things. Hydrolysis. Lysis means the split. Hydro, hopefully you know. That means water. So hydrolysis is when you split something with water. So water goes into it with hydrolysis breaks it apart. You're splitting it with the water dehydration synthesis, you're dehydrating the two monomers hooking them together by pulling out that OH and the H so no matter what type of macromolecule we talk about they're going to be formed by dehydration synthesis and it will be broken up by hydrolysis so just keep that in the back of your little brains as we go through alright, first macromolecule are the super fucking delicious ones, the Carbohydrates. I just screwed that word up, Carbohydrates. Now, they're made of Carbo and Hydrate. No fucking surprise there. Carbo means carbon, hydrate, water. So it's carbon, two hydrogens, and one oxygen. That's the ratio for everything. One, two to one, carbon, hydrogen, oxygen. These are fuel, They're delicious, lots of energy They're also used to build things Your carbohydrates Shit ton of energy in carbohydrates Which is why low carb diets tend to work as long as you stay on them Because you're not using all that energy Or you don't have all that energy that you're not using And turning into fat Now the simple monomers in carbohydrates are called monosaccharides mono means one saccharide sugar biggest most important one is glucose and glucose is a monosaccharide it is a monomer Um, it is the basis of life we need it for everything that's basically how we power stuff so you can get things called disaccharides which i'm not going to tell you what that is you should be able to figure it out because di means two and saccharide sugar. So if you can't figure that out from there, you're hopeless. I just told you what it meant, right? And then your your disaccharide, that's like sucrose, like your table sugar. That's glucose and fructose hooked together. That's sucrose. It's your sprinkly table sugar. And then if you hook a whole bunch of those together, you can get a polysaccharide. So monosaccharide, disaccharide, Polysaccharide, Just one, two, or a bunch. Um, don't need to worry too much about the name of the bonds, because, again, it's just the dehydration synthesis that does it. Now, there are two types of glucose. I said glucose was super fucking important. Um, but there are two isomers of it, structural isomers, going back to the last chapter. Um, there's alpha-glucose and beta-glucose. Um... Just different forms. Depends on what side of the structure a hydroxyl group's on. Um, Starch, which the human body can break down, is made of alpha-glucose. And cellulose, which we cannot, is made of beta-glucose. That's just a fun little fact there. And essentially, that's carbohydrates. Okay, They're structural, they're fuel, they're made of carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. Glucose is the super fucking important one That you definitely have to remember And if you don't remember that one You are going to be screwed And again I'm posting all these notes In the show links So feel free to follow along We're now on to lipids Lipids are are weird They're the weird kids Because they're technically not true polymers But they're close enough and they're important enough that we always lump them in. Um, These are your fats. You have a glycerol, which is an alcohol, and then all these fatty acid tails. Okay, and you've probably heard of saturated fat, unsaturated fat, trans fats, all that stuff. What we're talking about there is whether or not it's saturated with hydrogens. And that means single bonds only. So if it's a saturated fat, they're all single bonds throughout. So those are the ones that Typically found in animal products That are solid at room temperature So like butter and lard and all that stuff Now our unsaturated fats They have A double bond somewhere in them A carbon to carbon double bond They are unsaturated with hydrogen And these guys are liquid At room temperature because of that bond That double bond makes the fatty tail bend And as a result They can't Pack as tightly together and they stay a liquid. So that's a little thing. Saturated it's solid because they can pack a lot more closely together and unsaturated fats are liquid at room temp like your olive oil, your corn oil, your peanut oil, all your oils okay? those are unsaturated. But in addition to fats and oils and stuff like that, steroids like cholesterol and testosterone, estrogen, all your hormones, those are lipids. Um, and then we have these things called phospholipids. They are fucking important because they make your cell membrane. No phospholipid, no cell, no cell, no life. Everything's just not existent. It's just a dumbass rock or something. So phospholipids are important because they have a head and a tail. The head is hydrophilic, which means it loves the water. It'll do whatever it can to be by water. And the tail is hydrophobic. It fucking hates the water. So it's going to do everything possible to avoid it. And when you mix a bunch of phospholipids together, you get a phospholipid bilayer. It's a bilayer, so two layers, of phospholipids. Because all the heads who love the water are going to point out. And all the tails that hate the water are going to point in. So you get a row where it goes head, tail, tail, head, giving you your two layers. And that's what cell membranes are made of. Alright, on to proteins. We're about halfway through. So this one's actually not taking too much longer. It's just a lot of dense information, just a lot of this does this, and this does that. So um hopefully you can re-listen to it if you need to. But proteins are very very important because at the heart of biology they do everything they're about half the weight of your cells if you get rid of all the water it has carbon and hydrogen and oxygen and nitrogen and sulfur Um, so most of that sponge that we talked about it's got everything but the p everything but the phosphorus like i said they do everything they are enzymes so they speed up chemical reactions They help your body's immune system by being antibodies. They are storage. They transport stuff. They are also hormones. They're receptors. They help you move. They help you build things. Pretty much if there's a function in the body that's not storing genetic information, proteins can do it, and proteins do do it. Um, In the slides that, again, I post in the show notes, there's a lot of information Um, Just kinda going into details about how enzymes work and how the defense proteins work and storage works. I'm just kind of elaborating on what I just said with a little picture showing everything. Um, So I'm just gonna run through that real fast, but I highly, highly, highly recommend you actually go and look at those notes if you really care about learning this stuff. Um, So our enzyme proteins, they speed up reactions by giving the reaction a place to occur we'll get onto them a little bit more later but that's basically what they do instead of the reactants of that reaction just randomly bumping into each other the enzyme gives them a meeting place and a place for everything to happen okay our defensive proteins that help with our immune system antibodies if you've ever heard that word they are markers that your body uses to detect when something's foreign and something's bad and a Kind of targets that cell or that invader um, To be attacked by your immune system For storage um, Stuff um, in like albumin Which is like egg white stuff That's storage, is storing energy hey, It's a protein um, that we eat Or that feeds the growing chick I guess if we're talking about a bird And the bird egg um, proteins also help with transport They, That membrane that we talked about With the phospholipids Sometimes it's hard for things to get through They form little channels That you're like fuck you, fuck you, fuck you I'm just going straight through here I don't have to wait in line it's Basically like a VIP lane um, Hormones That's pretty straightforward Insulin is a Hormonal protein Then we got receptor proteins That help pick up signals We've got motor proteins that help move um, And then we've got structural proteins That help build stuff The thing about proteins Is they can be very 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 big Or they can be pretty tiny But they are all made up Of amino acids That is the monomer of a protein And an amino acid itself Is a polymer It is made up of an amino group Which we talked about last chapter That was an NH2 It's made up of a carboxylic acid group or a carboxyl group that's C double bonded to an oxygen and that C is also bonded to an OH and then it's got a carbon in the middle and sticking off of that carbon is one hydrogen and then what's known as the R group and that R group is what makes the specific amino acid unique from all the other ones. That R group can be hydrophobic, it can be hydrophilic, it could be ionic, Um, meaning it has a charge. So there's a bunch of different amino acids. You don't need to know all of them. Don't memorize them, get a life, and learn something else. Um, There are 20 different amino acids. Some, like I said, hydrophilic, some hydrophobic, some are positively charged, some are negatively charged, whole bunch of different things. Do not memorize them, get a life. Okay, but what happens When you hook together different amino acids you have that dehydration synthesis and the hydrogen from the amino group combines with the hydroxyl group the OH from the carboxyl side that dehydrates it that's where the water molecule comes from and they link together so you can link any amino acid to any other amino acid because the part that you're hooking together is the part that is exactly the same Now when you start hooking together a bunch of different amino acids, you start to make this giant chain. We call that giant chain the primary level or the primary structure of that protein. So it's just whatever you hook together. Proteins have four levels of structures and just the sequence of amino acids, what order they go in, that is your primary sequence. Now your secondary sequence, that chain... Is going to start to either fold or coil around itself and these are caused by hydrogen bonds happening between the backbone so between the side of the amino acid that has the amino group and the carboxyl group so hydrogen bonds will form there and you'll get either an alpha helix so it's coiled up like a spring or You will get a beta-pleated sheet, which is like an accordion. They're both possible. You can have them in the same protein, but that's your secondary structure. Then you get your tertiary structure for your third level. This is when your R groups, those side chains, those parts that are different, start interacting with each other. You can get salt bridges formed by ionic bonds. You can get some hydro some hydrogen bonds forming between the R groups. You can get disulfide bridges if you have two cysteines together. Cysteines have sulfur in them and those sulfurs can link up, form what's known as a disulfide bridge. Um, And this is kind of how the coils and the folds themselves start to interact. And at this point we've formed what's known as a polypeptide. We've got a bunch of peptide bonds That's what's linking together all our amino acids. And we've coiled and we've turned into its own little shape. So for all you fans of Power Rangers out there, each Power Rangers critter, whatever shit, I don't know, there's so many damn versions of it, it's hard to keep. But there's a functioning thing, or transformers. You've got a thing. And then you've got the ultimate structure, which is quaternary. That's your fourth level. That's where all these polypeptides start to combine... With each other to form a bigger thing So if you do the whole Power Ranger shit That's where each person's car Like you bring them all together And then it forms this giant super robot Like one person's car is like Just the left leg That big ass thing that you form at the end That's the quaternary structure of proteins So it goes Primary, secondary Tertiary, quaternary Again this is a huge point where the pictures on the slides might be super, super, super helpful. Now, in order for these proteins to get this shape, they get this, uh, this buddy that has a cute-ass name called a chaperonin. And what a chaperonin does is as the polypeptide is being produced, it goes and hides inside the chaperonin. And gives it a safe place to discover itself. And turn into what it needs to turn into. Let's it fold properly and all this stuff without being influenced by the pH or anything like that of the inside of the cell. Because those shapes that we talked about, the secondary and the tertiary structure, all those hydrogen bonds, those can be influenced by pH. If it's too basic or too acidic, um, the protein can fall apart or fold wrong. Um, And that's how things like ceviche work. If you're fancy, if you're a fancy motherfucker and like your ceviche, that's where you cook like fish and stuff in citrus juice. You don't actually heat it to cook it, but the acid and the juice denatures the protein, breaks down the protein, and essentially cooks it. It's also super fucking delicious. So ceviche, try it. Fish cooked in citrus juice. Okay. Um. But chaperonins just prevent stuff like that not being cooked in citrus juice, but the little pH differences inside the cell for messing up with the protein folding. And again, that whole reason why we've got to make sure it folds properly is because its shape is going to ter- determine its function. If it folds wrong, it's going to work wrong. And then we're all fucked. All right. Last but not least, the last macromolecular nucleic acids. These are the famous ones. These are your DNA and your RNA. So when we look at it, their only job, really, is to store hereditary information, store genetic information, what makes you you and what makes a tree a tree and all that stuff. DNA is the big boy. It's double-stranded. It has adenine and guanine and cytosine and thymine. We're going to get into a shit ton of detail with DNA soon. Hey, it's big. It's large. It's long. It's got deoxyribose. That's what the D stands for. RNA is like its cousin. Single-stranded. It's got adenine and guanine and cytosine. No thymine, but it's got uracil. It carries information. It forms ribosomes. It does a lot of shit. And it does not have deoxyribose because it is not DNA, but it has ribose because it's RNA. Now, every single nucleotide that's the monomers of your DNA and RNA that's the A, the G, the C, and the T that you remember and the U okay? they themselves are polymers they're made up of a sugar either deoxyribose or ribose depending on which one you talk about hooked to a phosphate group and that sugar is also hooked to a nitrogenous base that is the A, the G, the C, and the T okay? look at the fucking pictures on the fucking slides Seriously, I cannot help you more than that. Now, there are two different types of nucleotides or of nitrogenous bases. There's pyrimidines and there's purines. Okay. Pyrimidines are one shape big. Look at the fucking pictures. Okay, they are cysteine, thymine, and uracil. Just think pyramids, pointy, they're sharp, they can cut C-U-T. Cytosine, thymine, and uracil. They have one shape. Okay, purine are your adenine and your guanine, those are the other two. Okay? They have two rings. So the shorter word is the bigger one, the bigger word is a smaller one. Okay, so. Again, go back, look at the pictures. This one, it's super, super, super important. I thought it was going to take a little bit longer to explain everything, but because it's all just look at the pictures and this makes that, it's pretty straightforward. If you need to give this another listen to, please go back and do that. But until next time, this has been Biology for Bastards. I'm your host, John Doty. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, tell everybody you know about it. Um, We're at a little over 50 listens right now with our first four episodes, so that's not too shabby, but let's get to 100 with this one. That would be amazing. Um, As always, our intro and outro music is the song Feeling Good by Purple Planet Music. And until next time, thanks for listening.